Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. Today's poem is by Carolyn Kaiser, American poet who lived from 1925 to 2014. She won the Pulitzer Prize in 1985. The poem that I'm going to read today is called Parents Pantoum. It's for Maxine Kuhn. I'll read it and then I'll say something about the pantoum and then offer some comments and then read it again. Where did these enormous children come from? More ladylike than we have ever been. Some of ours look older than we feel. How did they appear in their long dresses more ladylike than we have ever been? But they moan about their aging more than we do in their fragile heels and long black dresses. They say they admire our youthful spontaneity. They moan about their aging more than we do, a somber group. Why don't they brighten up? Though they say they admire our youthful spontaneity, they beg us to be dignified like them as they ignore our pleas to brighten up. Someday, perhaps, we'll capture their attention. Then we won't try to be dignified like them, nor they to be so gently patronizing. Someday, perhaps, we'll capture their attention. Don't they know that we're supposed to be the stars? Instead, they are so gently patronizing. It makes us feel like children. Second childish? Perhaps we're too accustomed to be stars, the famous flowers glowing in the garden. So now we pout like children. Second childish? Quaint fragments of forgotten history? Our daughters stroll together in the garden, chatting of news we've chosen to ignore, pausing to toss us morsels of their history, not questions to which only we know answers. Eyes closed to news we've chosen to ignore, we'd rather excavate old memories, disdaining age, ignoring pain, avoiding mirrors. Why do they never listen to our stories? Because they hate to excavate old memories. They don't believe our stories have an end. They don't ask questions because they dread the answers. They don't see that we've become their mirrors. We offspring of our enormous children. So a pantoum, if you um, don't remember, is a poem in which the following must be true. Uh, just They have to be this way for, this to be, for a poem to be a pantoum. Each pantoum stands up must be four lines long. The length of the poem is, uh, is not set, but it must begin and end with the same line. So in this case, it ends with, we offspring of our enormous children, and where do these enormous children come from is what it begins with. So she's kind of playing with the form a little bit, and I'll say something about that in a second. The second and fourth lines of the first quatrain become the first and third lines of the next, and so on with succeeding quatrains. So uh, you can look at it if you want to. I'm not going to burden you with that right now. The rhyming of each quatrain is A-B-A-B. The final quatrain changes this pattern. And then in that final quatrain, the unrepeated first and third lines are used in reverse as second and fourth lines. So a pantoum is is a puzzle. There's there's a lot going on here. There's repetitions throughout. Um, and here she plays with those repetitions, you know, to to dive into this concept of mirroring. So the young girls and the mothers in this poem are the teenage girls, I should say. I don't, you know, I don't want to say that they're young, but the, the young women and then the older women, and I use older hesitantly, of course, um, only because they're older than the younger women, uh, mirror one another. 
that's, you know, um, the women, the, the children are the offspring of the mothers and the mothers are the offspring of the children via the mirroring, right? So the way that she's able to use this form to explore the concepts of, of aging, um, of, of offspring, of the way our children are like us, um, the way we see ourselves in the children and thus the children, we are like the children as well. Um, the, the, the form itself lends itself to this sort of exploration. Um, sometimes you read pantoums that feel so forced, but this concept of mirroring is, the, is you know, the perfect uh, idea to play with the pantoum form. And it does it in a way that allows this, these concepts to be, um, to, to, to embed pathos into the poem, to, to, uh, to allow them to be more meaningful, to be more profound. And I think as this poem goes along, it, it delves into the deeper questions at play just a bit more, every stanza, every quatrain. And it, and it gets a little bit more loose with the forms. It begins to uh, express its repetitions as much through ideas as through strictly formal mirroring of the lines. So early on, the, there's this very specific formal mirroring going on in the lines when the lines repeat. They repeat almost identical to the way they repeated the first time they came up. So for example, the second line of the poem is more ladylike than we have ever been, question mark. And then the first line of the second stanza is more ladylike than we have ever been. So they're exact replicas of the, the lines. But then as the poem goes on, those replicas begin to be less um, exact. They become their own a little bit. So they're expressions of the same ideas. They have some of the same characteristics, but they're not specifically the same. They're not exactly the same. I'll let you think about what this might have to say about parenting. But what Caroline Kaiser is doing here offers a lot to think about, <laughs> about how that works out. Um, and is, is one of the great things about poetry. This is one of those poems that could not have been, the, the same ideas could not have been said in anything but this form. She used the form to express something in a totally uh, unique way, in a way that is unique to the form and to poetry. And in that way, it's worth remembering. So one more time here is Caroline Kaiser's parents, Pantum. Where did these enormous children come from, more ladylike than we have ever been? Some of ours look older than we feel. How did they appear in their long dresses, more ladylike than we have ever been? But they moan about their aging more than we do, in their fragile heels and long black dresses. They say they admire our youthful spontaneity. They moan about their aging more than we do. A somber group, why don't they brighten up? Though they say they admire our youthful spontaneity, they beg us to be dignified like them as they ignore our pleas to brighten up. Someday, perhaps, we'll capture their attention. Then we won't try to be dignified like them, nor are they to be so gently patronizing. Someday, perhaps, we'll capture their attention. Don't they know that we are supposed to be the stars? Instead, they are so gently patronizing. It makes us feel like children. Second, childish. Perhaps we're too accustomed to be stars, the famous flowers glowing in the garden, so now we pout like children. Second, childish, quaint fragments of forgotten history. Our daughters stroll together in the garden, chatting of news we've chosen to ignore, pausing to toss us morsels of their history, not questions to which only we know answers. Eyes closed to news we've chosen to ignore, we'd rather excavate old memories disdaining age, ignoring pain, avoiding mirrors. Why do they never listen to our stories? 
because they hate to excavate old memories. They don't believe our stories have an end. They don't ask questions because they dread the answers. They don't see that we've become their mirrors. We offspring of our enormous children. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back on Monday with another poem for you. Mm-hmm.